When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this week's episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast, the boys travel up to Hartford on a Friday night to take on the Hartford Wolfpack in another big boy matchup, and then return home on a Saturday night to take on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins in round eight of their matchup. We'll go around the American Hockey League and check out where the boys stand, and Joe Snively, we need to talk. All that and more on the Grit and Barrett podcast, starting right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast. It is a Monday, January 22nd, 2024. How's everyone doing? Hopefully enjoyed your weekend, and it went a bit better than mine did. Anyway, my name is Richard Blosser, the host of the Grit and Barrett podcast, the first and only Hershey Bears podcast out there in the Hockey Podcast Verse, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So... You're going to notice some changes here on on the show. You already noticed a new opening with a little bit more of a description. I've been taking some notes from people around the sports media field as to try and uh, improve my show here and there because I felt in the past couple of months so that perhaps maybe I've become a little complacent, that maybe I've gotten copy and paste in a lot of in the ways that I do stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of podcasts and shows change things up and mix things up, and perhaps it's time that I do the same. You're going to notice we also going to try and trim these episodes down a bit. Um, you know, these typically go on about 50, 55 minutes, and there are podcasts that go on that, that long. I'm looking at you, Elliot Friedman, and 32 Thoughts, but then again, I'm not Elliot Friedman, nowhere close, and um, I'm going to try and shorten, shorten these up these up a bit. We're still going to have fun, but we're just going to try and stream like this a bit more. You got all that? No? Good. Let's go. We start by going back to Friday night as we go to Hartford, Connecticut, as the Hershey Bears took on the Hartford Wolfpack all the way there at the mausoleum there in Connecticut, or as they call it up there, the XL Center, the former home of the Hartford Wolfpack. Also the home of the Yukon uh, Huskies basketball up there. You'll notice by all the banners that are up there. And the Bears took on Hartford after last two weeks ago, actually. They were sort of punched in the mouth by the Wolfpack. Kind of started this little mini slump that the guys were on. But Bears are looking to get one back against the Wolfpack, who are starting to get a little bit healthy once again. The Rangers are sending guys back down. Riley Nash is back up. Back in the lineup as well. And the Bears go up there with Alex Lamos down. Getting through some injuries as well. Lamos, the dreaded upper body injury. Okay, fine. We'll be all right. We head into warm-ups there on a Friday. I'm listening. It's bitter cold outside, but I'm listening. And, oh, look, Garrett Rowe is, is out. What? 
What, what do you mean he got injured during or didn't feel good after warm-ups? <laughs> in comes, um, let's see here. In comes Dmitry Ozapov. Been a while since we've seen him. Dmitry goes in to fill in for, uh, for Garrett Rowe, and we're underway there at the XL Center. A healthy 8,000 there in Hartford. 8,000. Remember when we'd go there on Wednesdays and you could barely get 500 people in there? Remember those days? Well, it's not like that anymore because, you know, winning brings out a lot of people and it appears management's gotten better there in Hartford. And apparently Hartford's gotten a lot lot better as well as there in the first. Brian Bernard throws one in front and Jake Lechizen <laughs> gets another goal and scores. Jake Lechizen, I know I spe- spelled that wrong, Former Henderson Silver Knight, very briefly Vegas Golden Knight for a hot cup of coffee. I know his jersey's out there somewhere. Gets his fourth goal this season. And I think the second or third against the Bears as well. This guy's doing really good against us. Jake from Hartford gets his fourth. Brent Ben Benre what gets his tenth. Mac Hallowell gets his 20, 27th. Wow. 27th assist of the season, and it's 1-0 Hartford early. And me listening to the broadcast, well, Hartford's blah, blah, blah after scoring the first goal. Great. Did you know the Hershey Bears are going for their 30th win tonight? It'd be the fastest in team history, and ah! Here we go again. <laughs> here we go. Zach, I love you. I know you're, you're a friend of the show, but you're repeating the, th- the stuff that we did during the 3,000 win stuff. We're doing this again. I know it would be the quickest. We all know this. I know this. You know this. I know. I know. I get the concept. I get it. But the Bears get a power play in the period as Ontario Anisimov goes off for tripping. And the Bears get the first unit out there as old coach is still going with the five forward setup. Fine. That's completely fine. And Joe Snively's there at the point. (laughs) Joe, <laughs> we're going to need to have an intervention here soon there, buddy, because we're going to need to talk. But Mike, Scar- Mike Scarbosa, throw- just looking looking back out to Snively, throws it over to Scarbosa, works it down low, into the bumper spot for Dubay, fires, and he scores! Pietrick Dubay gets his 20th! About freaking time! Dubay gets his 20th! Scarbosa gets his 29th. Joe Snively gets his 20th. And the game is tied at one. Patrick Dubay with a missile off the stick just puts it in and finally gets his 20th. It's been a while since we've had a bear score, you know, really get up there in goals. I don't want to say it's been a while since we've had a 20-goal score. We've had 20-goal scores before. But he's at 20 goals, and it's only at the time the game was January 19th. And I know shooters get streaky. They got hot. They get cold. So hopefully this gets Dubay going again. The magic number's 30 there, Dubay. Let's see what you can do. So the Bears get out of the period 1-1. Leading in shots on Hartford. And Hartford wants to play that physical game. They really do. And the thing with with Hartford is, is they... They love to play the physical beat-you-up style. That's just what they do. And this is a team that's not afraid to be physical, not afraid to fight, but I feel is kind of lacking in the skill department a little bit. 
They have Jake Lechison. He's good. Riley Nash back from injuries. They have a team that can win 2-1 games or can really grind out wins. The only problem is, is that sustainable? Can you beat a highly skilled team that is big and fast? This team is big, but can they beat a big and fast type team? I know it, Bears have had teams like that in the before, and I'm worried, at least with, with Hartford, because a friend of mine asked, because a friend of mine uh, uh, asked, um, you know, what's your honest assessment of, of this team, of this team? And that's that's what I told him. That's honestly what I told him. So I think this Hartford team, they're good. They're not great. They're good enough to be second or third in this type of division. And if the Bears had less points than what we did, than what we do now, oh, Hartford would be in the mix, possibly be number one in a division where everybody's jammed up. But as of right now, they're just good. They're just a good team. But I'm rambling. We get into the second second we go. Dimitri Ozapov is gonna is gonna take a uh Take a slashing call, knocking knocking a Wolfpack guy's hand, and Matt Rompel goes, "You, you, let's go!" And Dimitri's like, "Okay, bro, let's go!" And the two just throw down, just start throwing hands and beating and throwing and hitting and throwing hands and just smashing them. Refs get in there, try break it up. Rompel puts a few more on the head of Dimitri, who is busted open above the eyelash, blood running down the. F- down the face, Roppel just hooping it up with the crowd. Everybody's riled up there in Hartford. Dimitri goes down the tunnel for for repairs. Each go off five minutes for fighting. Roppel gets a 10-minute, or Rompe, sorry. Rompe gets a 10-minute for, for instigating. Duh. Um, but the penalty still stood as um, as Dimitri still got a penalty for it for, uh, for slashing. So um, we go... So we go deeper into the second. The fighting seemed to galvanize Hartford, who wants to get back into this. And I was waiting for them to score a goal and be like, okay, the fight sparks the team. They get a goal. Hartford wants to run away with this. But the Bears get another power play as Nicholas Brulard goes off for uh, cross-checking. And the Bears get set up. The first line's going out there to work again. Mike Scarbosa there on the boards, just looking, looking. Out to the point, Joe Snively. Rister on the way, deflected, they score! Mike Vecchione, the roaring man himself, scores on the power play with a really nice deflection. And nice deflection. And the Bears take the lead 2-1. Vecchione gets his 10th. That puts him in double jid. Digits. Joe Snively, another assist. Mike Scarbosa, his 30th assist of the season. And 2 1 at the end of two. Special teams and a power play unit coming through for the Bears there in Hartford. And again, that's the skill. This is talent beating hard work, as opposed to what happened two weeks ago when Hartford's hard work beat our talent. Or was that Bridgeport's hard work beats talent, which can tend to happen, but the Bears, their talent's just coming through. Two power play goals for the goals for the boys, and it's two one. 
It's 2-1, heading into the third. Third. And Hartford's trying to get physical yet again. They're trying to flex on the Bears and pushing the boys out to the boards. But unlike with Bridgeport, the Bears pressed on them, kept pressing up. Like they sat a little bit on this 2 1 lead, but the confidence was there. We're going to beat this team. We're going to beat Hartford at their own game. If they have to sit on a 2 1 lead, they'll gladly do that. Do that. If they want to get physical, we'll get physical. As well, Ozapov, he's back, back out there with some stitches up there in his head. And the bench is looking a little... Le- Where's Matt Strom? Where's Strom? What do you mean he's not going to return for the game? All right. Okay. More injuries. Delightful. Riley Nash takes a stick to the wrists and he skates off doubled over in pain. Poor guy. He just returned from a six-week layoff due to injury. Shame. He skates off, and midway through the third, the Bears are getting getting their game going, getting the cycle game going. The fourth line out there is really doing work as Muto takes the puck puck around the side, and that's able to collect it over to McElrath. McElrath, I'm going to say this right. McElrath over to Nessie. Rister scores! Aaron Ness gets his third of the third. No, sec, second. Thought it was third. Anyway, Ness gets a second with a top corner wrister. Beats Louis Dalming. And it's 3-1 Hershey. Aaron Ness is second. Dylan is fifth. Miro his tenth. 3-1 Hershey. And unlike last time, the boys were gonna make sure. Make sure that they weren't gonna squander this. Gonna squander this. Louis gets pulled with four. With four minutes to go, and we're watching, we're watching, but the Bears are able to slap the puck on a bad re-entry by Hartford. Ethan Frank picks it up, throws it toward the empty net, and it's in! Ethan Frank unassisted, his 16th, and it's 4-1 Hershey. And I think that's going to do it. I think we're done here. Wait a minute. Hartford's getting a power play? Hartford's getting a power play at the end. Okay. All right. All right. Garbage time. Power play. Time fun. Fine, Alex bars out the post. Two seconds left. Throws one in, and they score? At the horn. They score. At the horn. Wait, wait, does it count? Does it matter? It's a garbage time goal. Does, yeah. All right, it counts. Alex, you know what? Doesn't matter. Bears win. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Hartford. 4-2 the final, and the Bears get a win there in Connecticut. Now, since it's cold... Pack up the stuff. We gotta go. Are we gonna do the Bears head thing on social media? Yes, we're gonna have Bears. Gonna have the coaches um, words, not a press conference, but words on the road. Yep. But everyone, shower and pack your stuff. We got cold and snow to drive through. Pack your stuff. We gotta go. And what a great bounce back win for the guys. A way to really close out this little mini road trip which saw the Bears get four points out of six and go 1-0-2, four points out of six. And yeah, I was a bit hard on the guys last time because the key players, I'll agree with, with Coach, the key players didn't step up. That the, that the luck goals went away, the trick shot goals went away, the lucky bounces just didn't go your way, and... um 
you lose to Bridgeport and you lose to and you blow a lead against Lehigh. But this time, even without Strom, without Rowe, who is an extremely late scratch, and still no Alex Lamose, it's not like the offense flows through these guys. But your big boys, Dubay, Vecchione, Frank, empty netter, Scarbosa, Snively, all on the score sheet, and you get some defensive scoring from Aaron Ness. And that's what you, that's kind of what you need. Your big boys to come in and get big goals on the road and go up there and beat Hartford in their house. So we're even. They won in Hershey. We won up there in Hartford. Can't wait till we play these guys again. So let's uh, check the schedule. When do we play these guys again? Uh, nothing at the end of the month. Uh, nothing in February. Uh, oh, March. We don't see these guys again for about another two months. Delightful. And to quote Heath Ledger's Joker, I have a feeling we're going to be doing this forever. And I have a feeling we're going to see these guys in May. And it's going to be fun. Going to be fun times to be had indeed. So Bears get back in the win column. And we're going to take a short break. We're going to do our sponsorship stuff. And we'll talk about how the boys did against Wilkes-Barre right after this. All right, Bears fans. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sport betting partner of the National Hockey League and supporter of this podcast. We all know hockey games like to move fast, and much like the sportsbook world, you need to get in on it too, and that's where DraftKings comes in. You can score faster than anything happening on the ice, as this week you can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in, in bonus bets. There's still a lot of hockey to be played to be played this week, this week, and you can bet on your favorite team on whatever game it is, whether they're playing at 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock, or 10 o'clock at night, you can get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, and new customers can bet 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast. Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring this show. So the boys were back at it on a Saturday night to take on those no-good, dirty, filthy, rotten, Wilkes-Barre-Scranton baby penguins as it's round eight against Wilkes-Barre on a brisk and cold Saturday night that saw me having car problems yet again. 
But I was up also on press row that night too. Typically, Wilkes-Barre and Hershey are good games to be up there on on press row. And um, the bully and coach said he was going to flip some guys in and out of the lineup to try and make sure we had fresh bodies because that's a long drive back from Hartford. That's five and a half hours. I've done, me and the guys have done that on a Sunday afternoon, I think. And that's a tough drive down I-95. It real, it really is. But Clay Stevenson and Jill Blumquist are going to go back at it again on a Sunday night, and we and we did see uh, some South Carolina guys get get uh, called up. Uh, Kevin O'Neill and um, their name temporarily escapes me at, at the moment, but. But we got some reinforcements in as they were they were needed. Wilkes-Barre did not play did not play the day before. And sorry about this. Tyson Empney. Tyson Empney, a guy I really liked all the way back in the preseason for his physical game and strength. He got called up from South Carolina, was inserted into the lineup. Kevin O'Neill was not since he was he was the extra body just in case somebody got injured as well and there was a good amount of black and gold there at giant center there was a lot of people there at giant center and it was knit cap night sort of a fun night that i like going to because some years they have some really good designs this was not one of them and i have plenty other of the free ones here here at the house so we get underway and you can tell, you can tell which team played the night before, and which one did not. Wilkes-Barre has a bit of a jump in their game, and the Bears got some fresh bodies in with Tyson emptying in. Ryan Hoffer got inserted in, inserted in as well. Um, a real mixing of of lines with having Strom and Rowe out. That that quality fourth line that's always been been there this year. And, um, okay, I'm not going to lie to all of you. This game was a slog to get through. Even after the first period, I'm like, this is a hockey game. Stuff, people skated, pucks were shot on net. And I hate to tell everyone this, nothing happened. Nothing. Sure, I could give you stats. I, I could tell you stats that happened, but um, in the first period, come on, HL app, please don't do this to me. <laughs> it was 8-7 on shots, and it was all as boring as you'd think. I mean, Tyson Epty got set off for checking to the head, which the fans didn't like, but t- t- there was nothing, and I'm not going to stand here and... and and tell you it was any different. Second period was still boring. I'm up there on press row. Tony's up there. A rare Patrick Williams sighting was up there too. Friend Brett from Genius Sports, and we're all kind of BSing each other a little bit. I'm more interested in what Tony did in Charlotte covering the outdoor game than what's going on in front of me. But I did play this fun little game. I played this fun little game when I was up there. Because I have the ability to do this when I'm up there. I'm going to focus on one player and watch them during a shift and see what they do. I decided to do one for Wilkes-Barre and do one for Hershey. 
the Wilkes-Barre player, Jesse Pulley-Arvey. You might know him from such teams as the Edmonton Oilers and the Carolina Hurricanes. And to go out there and see that man skate around, it's an interesting take on a hockey game when you follow one player and don't follow what's going on with the puck. As Jesse Pulley-Arvey, he knows what to do when the puck comes to him. If he goes down low and into the corner, he gets it. All right, I can hear skates behind me. Back up to the point, I go. Puck goes on his stick, knows immediately whether to pass or shoot. That is decision-making on an NHL level. That is there. And good on him. So Bears player I decided to watch was Joe Snively. And we're going to talk about this. Some people have wondered why Joe Snively hasn't gotten up to the NHL all that much. And, well, (laughs) he kind of doesn't play defense. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. I decided to watch him for a shift. And... He's a winger that whenever the puck is in the defensive zone, he'll stay up by the blue line and cover the defense. As soon as the puck's covered by, touched by a defenseman and a breakout's going to happen, he's immediately at center ice, immediately at the next blue line, which would be nice if somebody were to pass it to him. But he's like, all right, I'll play the point. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right we're good, we're good. All right, I'm going to break, I'm going to break up ice. And... Even forechecking for him doesn't really seem to be a thing. Like, he'll pressure a guy and sweep his stick. But I don't see him really hounding the guy. He'll be there to clean up mistakes if they happen. But he's not the one causing the mistake. He's not the first forward in trying to disrupt the defense. I mean, Vecchione and Scarbosa are good at doing that. And Joe's typically the guy they pass to. But I saw one play where the puck breaks out of the defensive zone, where the breakout pass happened, and and he's got to turn around and get back to play defense. I see him do a, a bit of a half-hearted, half-hearted skate back around and just drag the stick on the ice, like, all right, guess I better go. And I'm like, and I'm watching this, and I'm going, oh my gosh, wow. Now. There are Bears fans that are going to say, 21 assists, bro. He's an, offen- he's an offensive winger. I don't expect defense out of him. True, but in this modern league, you got you to gotta play both zones. You, you got to put more of an effort in. And I know it's a great story. Northern Virginia boy. Or is it Maryland? But anyway, um, DMV kid. Getting up to the Capitals. Great story. Cool story, bro. But sometimes, but when you really take a look at it, some of the flaws in his game are there, at least on the defensive, defensive-wise. But speaking of, boys, Wilkes-Barre goes down for holding in the second. And then Corey Andonofsky, you know, the guy who staple-gunned uh, Alex Lamos to the boards and got into a fight with Dubay, he goes off. Five on three for the for the Bears. Coach, calls timeout. Calls timeout. And it's kind of, it's kind of one of those, all right, coach knows this is a chance to score with as ugly as a game that this is, and to quote Jim Ross, bowling shoe ugly that this game might be this is your chance chance to get in five on three they get set up 
There's a lot. There's some movement. There's some puck moving around. Why are we not bringing it in, lads? Bringing it in. Joe Snively. Scarbosa tries a passing feed. Gets broken up. Ethan Frank backhand. He scores! Wait, wait. The net's off. Net! Net's off. Net's off. But nobody's really complaining about it. Joe Snively. Five on three power play goal. Goal. Mike Scarbosa. 31st. Assist of the season. Joe Snively is 22nd. And you're still complaining about him, bro? Shut up. And it's one nothing Hershey. All right. Maybe this will get the boys going. Maybe this will get the game humming and chugging along. And no. This game is still ugly to watch. And even talking with my friend at the, the second intermission, he agreed. That's where Nelson said we're going to win this game. The one advantage that this team had, that, that, that Hershey had, to get a goal on Wilkesbury, they absolutely did it. Into the third we go, and we're just humming, humming away there in the third, just bringing time down, just time ticking away, clock ticking, ticking away. Wilkesbury gets a late power play with Vecchione. Nothing comes of it. Clock keeps ticking down. Two minutes to go. Blumquist gets pulled, gets pulled, and the Bears. And the Bears are able to work the puck out of the zone. And Wilkesbury gets an icing call on a six on five. Oofta. So they got to put Joel back in with 80 seconds to go. And Wilkesbury, and I'll give the Bears credit for really disrupting Wilkesbury on their on their uh, five on five on five. They took three consecutive icings, which took the clock down another 25 seconds. But their guys just couldn't get off. Wilkesbury never got any sustained pressure in their six on five. And the Bears did just enough to win. Three seconds to go. Clear the puck out of the zone. Two, one, win. Bears win it. one nothing the final and take both games during the weekend. And Clay Stevenson stands alone on the mountaintop with his sixth shutout of the season. Surpassing Vitek Vanacek. And some goalie named Ron Hextall, whatever happened to him. And Bears take both games this weekend. And what a way to rebound after last weekend. Clay went 28 for 28. Ethan and Joe, second and third star of the night. Of the night. Joe Blumquist, good job, just not good enough. And Bears win it. Even on a back-to-back against a rival, the Bears still pull it off and are now 6-2. and two against Wilkes-Barre this season. Wow. So, two gritty grind-out wins. An ugly win on Saturday, to be sure. And a revenge game that you got against Hartford was good enough to put the Bears to rebound after, you know, sort of doubting themselves last weekend. And it's just still scary how good this team is. But something I forgot to mention last week on the show was that the Bears are sending a lot of representatives to the All-Star Classic that's taking place in San Jose at the Tech CU Center there in San Jose that Dylan McElrath is going as a playing captain. Not an honorary, but a playing captain. Those are things. And Ethan Frank is going as well. And Clay Stevenson's going as well. Also, Todd Nelson going as a coach. 
and I think two other assistant coaches from the Bears are going as well. And technically, if you count Coco, Coco's going because all mascots go to the All-Star game, and the Bears are sending seven or eight representatives out there. Go get them. Go get them out there in San Jose in a few weeks. And thanks thanks to Jesse Libman, um, he was able to get us some stuff with Dylan, Dylan McElrath. And here's some for you Bears fans to enjoy. Take a listen. All right, well, obviously a huge honor for you, Dylan, to be named a playing captain at the All-Star game. Take us through just what this uh, means to you. The honor, obviously, is a pretty prestigious one. What does it mean to you to have this bestowed upon you? Yeah, just like you said, it's an honor. Um, definitely getting that call, first initial reaction was surprised, then just humbled. Um, but uh, definitely honored uh, would be the, the word to say. It's been uh, it's been a journey, my uh, my HL career, and it's uh, nice to get rewarded like this. Take me through the the phone call that you got. Who who did it come from? When when was it? And obviously, I'm sure, like you said, the, the emotions were pretty high. Yeah, it was an unknown number from uh, I think Columbus, Ohio, coming in, and it turned out to be Scott Housen uh, the day after Christmas. So yeah, it was uh, it was. Uh, I think my service was breaking up, so I didn't really know what was going on until uh, until we finally got through to each other. But yeah, very very awesome. You mentioned just uh, how much it means to you. You have your family out here skating today. Your dad's in town, and uh, your family's here to, to experience this with you. What was the reaction like? Telling your wife, uh, obviously the kids may be a little young to understand, but you know the, the dad's going to be an all star. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Obviously, a very supportive family, and everyone's very excited for me. Um, and then to be recognized by the league, to be one of the, the captain's picks, it's, uh, it's cool. Um, uh, we don't know travel arrangements, if everyone can make it or not yet, but it, it'd be, everyone would love to be there to, to support me. Obviously coming in as the defending champions, uh, being able to represent the Bears there is pretty special. But you know, Todd Nelson, you've been attached at the hip with Grand Rapids to here and to get to go with him and, and probably a few others. I know that some of the training staff is going and I'm sure there'll be a few players joining you. I imagine it's going to be pretty cool to have a, a group of Bears to go and represent. Yeah, as the way it should be. It's, uh, it's been such a great start of the year for the Bears and uh, obviously our last year's success. But even this year, um, I feel like half our team could be all-stars at the way it goes. So, um, yeah, super excited for uh, whoever gets to come, and uh, it'll be a fun time. Have you thought about what skills competition that they could throw you in? What do you think that you'd be the best at? You've seen playing them before. <laughs> what, uh, what's Dylan McElroy? Yeah, I don't think I'm fastest skater quality. I'll probably stick to the harder shot or, or something like that, something with uh, little movement. All right, a couple on the team this year while we have you here. Obviously, it's been an unbelievable start for the group. Uh, I mean, pretty unprecedented in franchise history anytime you're rewriting the record book. But what do you think is the makeup of this team to be able to come in, not have that Calder Cup hangover that Nelly, everyone was so worried about, to be able to have the success that you guys have? Well, I think it starts with uh, the core that came back. Uh, everyone uh, obviously knew what was at stake this season, having target on our back. and. And we really took that challenge. And then the new guys coming in added a lot of high-end skill, a lot of young uh, speed. And so it's it's been a really good mix, good moxie of the team. And it's, uh, we just want to keep this ball rolling going into the new year. Obviously, a lot of the guys that have come in have said, look, you know, the guys that won a championship last year worried, am I going to fit into the group? But all the new guys said it's been pretty seamless. Last year, we talked all about how special the locker room was. It, kind of has that feel again. What do you like about the group that you have in there of that mesh of personalities that seems to have gelled very, very quickly with the new guys? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a great culture that we've built here. Um, 
the new guys coming in have, uh, like you said, just fit in seamlessly. Uh, we got some different big personalities. I know a lot's left, but we added some good, good funny uh, guys for the locker room. And uh, uh, it's a good mix of competitiveness, but also we all uh, like to have a good time with each other. Thank you so much to Jesse with the Hershey Bears for giving us that that content. Tent, Big Daddy Dylan, Dylan um, McElrath. I'm trying to correct myself with just great stuff out of him. So let's wrap this up with where the Bears stand in the Atlantic Division. The Bears are 31-7-0-2 with 64 points. Good for number one in all the length with 64 points. Behind only the Tucson Roadrunners out there with 50 points there in Arizona. Hmm. I think Northern Arizona would be lovely this time this time of year. And second place is Providence at 22-13-3-2 for 49 points. Third place is Wilkes-Barre with 45. Hartford in fourth with 45. Charlotte in fifth with 44. Springfield in sixth at 41. Lehigh Valley in 7th at 41, and the Bridgeport Islanders in dead last at 11, 12, 4, and 0 with 26 points. Bears, <laughs> they're just a Category 3 hurricane, and we may hit some warm waters there in the Atlantic yet again. So the Bears just keep humming along as we have some Wednesday night games this week to take care of as we go up against Springfield. Stupid phone. Goes up against Springfield. And then on Saturday, then let me just bring it back up here. Saturday, we go back up to Wilkes-Barre for a 6.05 start. And then back home against the Marlies, uh, our last, I think, last Canadian team that comes to us. Yeah, I think that's it for the Canada teams as the Toronto Marlies will come to town as our last Canadian opponent on Sunday for a 5.00 o'clock start. Busy month, busy end to the month as we'll have another Wednesday game on January 31st against the Phantoms, and that will head into All-Star into All-Star Weekend as well. So that'll do it for the Grit and Bear It podcast, everyone. Thank you to everyone for listening to this show. Hope you enjoyed this content. Follow us on Twitter and everywhere else. Thank you for your times, listens, and downloads. And just keep listening, everyone. This is great stuff that's happening with the Bears. It's going to get a lot of road heavy. The road's going to get harder, but I think the Bears can absolutely take it. And nothing else left to say, but go Bears. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network, where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020 to dementia and COVID. 
The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. Thank you.